0: It's all in the game with David Downey and Neil Atkinson. Everything and anything football, it's all in the game on City Talk 105.9.
1: It's all lies, it's all lies, it is all in the game, but it's Dave Downey and Jim Boardman this evening, as Neil Atkinson apparently is a forlorn figure. Stomping the street to Liverpool Disappointing in what was uh, a massive two points dropped But I'm delighted to welcome the the first substitute From the Anfield Wrap There was an argument the last time we had Rob Gutman on, Jim Who was the better out of the two uh, Rob will get his chance to uh, to get come back next week. But uh, this week, you you kind self have decided to come in.
2: Yeah, I've come in at short notice. Rob needs the full week to trip perth it, you say I only found out this morning. But it's thanks to Brendan that I'm here. Thanks to for that <laughs> formation. It killed Neil's voice.
1: I tell you what, uh, I can only imagine what, what was going through Neil's mind when he's seen that lineup. as a lot of uh, Reds pointed out on Twitter at the time. Uh, we've got plenty coming up in this hour. Uh, we're going to cross to Alan Irwin at the Hawthorns later on. Uh, hopefully have some team news for us and a little bit of chat about Everton, but um, the big story with the weekend, and we're not going to touch on Luis Suarez diving for the start. Right, yeah. how has
2: anyone mentioned that? I right know,
1: yeah, I, I haven't seen it anywhere, so uh, we'll leave that alone like all the other media outlets, yeah, that's the way. Uh, and we'll start with Liverpool 2, Aston Villa 2. Um, we'll get into a little bit of detail. What Initially, Jim, that line-up, I thought, a lot of people have said it as well, it was slightly disrespectful towards Villa. Did you feel like yourself?
2: It was it was um, perhaps slightly disrespectful towards Villa maybe a bit too respectful towards Stephen Gerrard and, and maybe even Daniel Sturridge because to me it felt like we were trying to accommodate those two players in in a lineup and it and it didn't it didn't work I mean we perhaps maybe thought Villa have had a bad season I mean they beat us three one last season. Um, and they didn't play, um, I don't know, I, I wouldn't even say they necessarily played as well on Saturday, but it, it felt like, you know, it could have easily been another 3-1, especially the way we started. I, I, I just don't know what what the thinking is to, to experiment with Gerrard in that position. I mean, against a team like Villa, there's still a threat, and you can't afford to experiment against teams like that. Well, the, the obvious
1: thing for me was, I, I went to Aston Villa earlier this season when Everton played them, and they seem a hell of a lot more comfortable away from home for the start. Because they can play on the counter at home, it's not that easy. Uh, yeah. Because other sides want to play that way against them. Um, but watching them on, um, as soon as the game kicked off on Saturday, that early chance for Lahore, it was almost like the writing was on the wall from the start. Yeah. Um, and and certainly with Gerard, it's a difficult thing, isn't it? I think when you see players who've been superb the whole career, even Gerard's a world-class footballer. He, he still is on his day to day, but to where do you draw the line? I mean, it is a grey area, isn't it? Where do you draw the line on? Well, hang on, is this lad actually good enough to be... He's obviously good enough to be in Liverpool's first 11 still. Yeah. We need to maintain that. But in terms of accommodating him in various positions, it's not the time to experiment,
2: is it? No, not really. And I think we're accommodating because we know he can't play 90 minutes every week the way he, the way he used to play... I'd rather have him for 60 minutes playing the way he used to play, or even for the last half an hour the way he used to play. It's a big thing to do, to not pick him in the starting 11 when he's available. But, you know, he's a, he's a big lad. He'll understand. He's grown up. He'll, 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 he'll get used to it. He has to get used to it. He, no, no one's got an automatic right to a place in the team. So I, I, I think in time, maybe maybe the way to do it is is to give him a try now and again. But to do it in a game like that, when we're still chasing points, you know, we haven't got... We haven't got time to sort of try some of these younger loan players out. We're sending players out on loan mm. because we can't afford to indulge ourselves by just giving them a try and getting them some game time. So we're sending them out on loan, and we should be the same with Gerard. We shouldn't be saying, um, you know, let's give you a try. Let's let's see how it goes. Um, it, it's been, it, I don't know. It's, it's it's too it's too late in the season to be messing about doing that as well. I think. I want to get a little bit more
1: into sort of. Steven Gerrard as, a, as an entity since Brendan Rodgers has been in charge at Liverpool because he only missed one game last season. I think I'm right in saying. Yeah, um, I think in, in the entirety hmm. of the whole season. And this is a lad, he's what he's 33, 34 almost now, is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it. It almost seemed to me. That everything that come along with Stephen Gerrard and Neil's to spoke, spoken about it a lot on the show in the past, where the weight of the share has been a big argument. You can see the likes of how Henderson's come to thrive upon that. And you see the likes of Jamie Carrigan and Stephen Gerrard when Brendan's first came to the club. Obviously, he's held they're held in such regard by Liverpool fans, it's, it's almost something he'd approach with trepidation as a manager in terms of not upsetting the harmony. Yeah. Do you feel that's almost the situation with Gerard now because you feel then, that way yeah.
2: yeah because I mean mate, when Carriger was here it always felt there were there were times when Carriger didn't play his best and there were times when I think Carriger was worthy of being dropped he wasn't necessarily the best option every game at times but there was always there always seemed to be this fear um now as he, as it was when Rogers came in Rogers actually inherited the squad when Carragher kind of got used to not being a, in the starting lineup in the end he actually kept Carriger in and you know, that, that was, that was, in a way, that was a brave decision as well to do that because it, it, that could have backfired too. But yeah, definitely with Jared, this just seems to be this thing that you can't drop him. I mean, he is the player that the fans come to see, especially fans who don't come every week. Mm. It's kind of, when we were in Australia in the summer, he was, it, as soon as he got the ball, it was like the whole place exploded. And if you watch any pre-season friendlies, you, you can hear the crowd get excited about Gerard. But, you know, that that's Gerard the man that's been with us all those years—that's yeah. not Gerard of today. It's—it's it's almost
1: what you'd see, like maybe in a, in a testimony when a player or, or a player's retired and come back for the charity match. It's that yeah. sort of yeah. that sort of feel. I'm mean, not to be disrespectful to Gerard, but. In, uh, from a, a fan's perspective, would you want to see your manager have a little bit—I uh, want to say—bottle, but it's not the right word—a little bit more guile when dealing with someone who's
2: of that presence, uh, a th- Liverpool legend. Yeah, I think you've got to. I think you've got to show that you are the boss. You know, you've got to—I um, mean, you've got you have got to talk to the players. You've got to explain to them what you're thinking is. Um, and I don't think he's helped either. Rodgers really by going to the papers and telling everybody how good Steven Gerhard's going to be in that position and that we're going to win the mm-hmm. league because straight away. He kind of, he kind of shot himself in the foot with that, really, because we we proved we may not be good enough to win the league, and and that Gerard certainly isn't ready to be as good as Rodgers made him out to be. I think if a manager can do that, it shows he's got a lot of strength. And I also think it's good for the player because I think Steven Gerrard, knowing he's not guaranteed a starting place, will will make him up his game just that little bit more as well.
1: The other side of the coin, though, is. Is he almost a victim of his own success? Because we've seen him play, I think, in all of, everywhere by goalie, since he's been at Liverpool. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's, be, he's able to do a job in every position on the field. I mean, you see a lot of Liverpool fans arguing that he should perhaps be a centre-half, right-back. You know, he, he can fit those roles. So, on, on the other side of it is, it, is it, you know, harsh to sort of criticise him when he's, being played in that role specifically and he's relishing that by all accounts from what we hear, he's relishing being put in that role but it doesn't come to fruition and he isn't that good in that role
2: It's, um, I think I think one of the problems as well is the formation we played on Saturday, yeah. it kind of, it put even more responsibility on him in that position maybe than it would have done if we'd played our, our normal formation if you like you know, because he kind of, it wasn't just doing the job Lucas does, like Lucas would have been busy in, in that formation if you'd swap Lucas for Gerrard you know, not started with Gerard, so yeah, I think I think he's got to. I don't know. It's a it's a difficult one, but it is still an experiment. And I just think now isn't the time to be to be having experiments. Although if Lucas is injured and and Alan may may still not be fully fit, we don't know. Um, we may have to experiment with it even more yet. Do, do The other thing, I mean, continue with the dissection
1: from Saturday was. Uh, <laughs> At times, and I know, obviously, I'm I'm an Evertonian. I'm probably going to be stereotyped that I do this, (laughs) but the defence was was, was
2: a shambles at times, wasn't it? It was frightening. One thing that comes to my mind was, I mean, it's this time of year where you've got FA Cup games coming up. The weather was pretty bad. It was throwing it down with rain. And it felt like we were kind of a shell-shocked Big team against a small team kind of thing, and and that's not being disrespectful to Villa, yeah. But it, it was that kind of thing that we would kind of walked into the game thinking we we had it won, and next thing we're panicking. They really made us look panicky. I mean, the second goal was just it, it was like Keystone Cops defending, wasn't it? As to, to use the old phrase, and I don't I don't know what it is. Whether it's the fact we've got Sissoko's at left back, we've got. We're down to our last couple of, left, of centre-backs. Johnson's not been on form all season. I don't know what it is, but you know, with all those defenders we've got, we need to, we need to be better. it. I don't know, may, maybe what we need more than anything sooner rather than later is a settled defence.
1: That's the thing I was going to get to, because obviously, yeah, there's been injuries, and I think a laurie has gone out on loan today, hasn't he? He was one of the yeah. ones that Liverpool brought him. Obviously, he's, he's been... Um,
2: He's going to be there for the future, but yeah. you know, uh, Sacco's he had an injury, didn't he? As well, yeah, Sacco's been injured, and I think he's supposedly close to coming back. Yeah. Um, Agra's obviously out for another few more weeks yet. But even when those lads are fit, Jim, there doesn't seem
1: to be you couldn't put your finger confidently on the team who would you know predict who the team's going to be of a weekend at the back.
2: Well, that's it. I mean, sometimes you you, you try to look at Sacco and Agra as being our best two centre backs, but as Neil's probably mentioned on this show, he's mentioned it on, on the other show, it, you can't you rarely get left. Footed centre backs playing on the right of of the centre back, so you're not likely to see those two playing together. I I I mean, we seem to strengthen very heavily a centre back in the summer, and and maybe it's just as well because we are down to the last two now. Um, But it's the one position on the pitch, apart from goalkeeper, that you don't want to keep rotating. And whether it's through being forced or trying to pick a different team for different opponents or what, we've changed a lot. And I just think the sooner we can. The better that we just settled with the centre backs, um, and we do need to go out and spend some money on full-backs in this transfer window as well.
1: Well, that, that was the next thing <laughs> I was going to come on to. Actually, what has gone wrong with Glenn Johnson?
2: I don't know what it is. It's, I mean, there's, you know, I mean, some fans I was speaking to the other day saying, you know, it's like he's trying to run his contract down. He doesn't really want to be here anymore. He's hoping that. He'll get another contract soon and, and stuff and, and, and to me I don't know the other side to it is that he must feel like he's a nailed on first choice fullback, whatever whoever whoever else is fit he's gonna be playing. Now at the moment there's not even anyone in there to try and, you know, perhaps put him under a bit of pressure. Mm. Um and again, I think he's another one that shouldn't be thinking he's an automatic first choice. Um, there's also this stuff about him having a ban from driving. Maybe he's getting a bit distracted with stuff off the field, I don't know. But he's not the Glenn Johnson of old, and somehow we need to get that sorted. It's funny, isn't it, when you, you talk about no
1: a lack of competition with players like him. You wonder how complacency seeps in when you're at such a crucial stage of the season. You think this is this is probably the time when you'd never, ever see that.
2: Yeah, but complacency
1: it. it comes in at the worst time you could possibly think of. Yeah,
2: it's just strange. I don't know what it what it what it is. If it is complacency, he may not be. He may just not be feeling great. I mean, mm. he's had a bit of an injury earlier on in the season again and and stuff. He just doesn't seem to have the confidence. Maybe he doesn't like the system. I and mean, he was put at centre back for a little bit on Saturday as well, which I thought was a strange decision in some ways. But again, that was how embarrassing it was really that we'd kind of let ourselves be messed about by Villa, that we, we ended up with him in centre-back for a bit.
1: We're going we're to touch a little bit more on the transfer window in part two because obviously Everton yeah, are making a, a couple of strides there as well um, but Mignolet's another one for me as well uh, almost he's suffering from this lack of I don't know, I, I, I look at Liverpool and they've never been the side short on confidence lately for me um, fantastic run of results, yet it just took that little something against Villa, and it was. It's almost. It's a subtle thing that I think sort of creeps into a side when you're playing so well, you almost take for granted the home victory. Yeah. Um, Brendan Rodgers never admit to that, but he would expect to beat Aston Villa. Yeah. Yeah, you you see that sort of confidence and come and go just, just like that.
2: Yeah, I mean, Mignole's. <laughs> he's he's a great keeper but he has these little moments and these little moments are the ones that get the headlines and get the fans on his back. And it, he's had one in sort of most of the last four or five games, hasn't he? He's had little little moments of uh, little errors. And as good as he is, I still think we've gotta gotta be careful with him because you know, with a goalkeeper what we used to have with Pepe Reina was a keeper that if he had <clears throat> excuse me, if he had a bad game. The next game would be brilliant. He, he, he for for years he was he could have one bad game but make up for it the next and he, like he'd never had a bad game. He wasn't one of those who had a run of of um, confidence problems. But but Mignolet, I don't know, it's just getting a bit of a problem and if he's not commanding his own box, and again, maybe that's down to lack of understanding, we're, we're going to get more mistakes. There just seems to be lack of communication mm. at times as well. And again,
1: it, I mean, this probably fits into that thing I was saying about that, you know, the weight of the share thing that yeah. is so heavily labelled at Jordan Henderson when he wasn't performing when he first came. Yeah, I mean, for a goalkeeper, I suppose, it's, it's, it's almost more, it's a lot more difficult in a way because, you know, you've, you've got the pressures of being a goalkeeper. Everything you do is highlighted. Yeah. Every mistake you make is, is magnified tenfold compared to... To, you know a striker that misses an open goal yeah so yeah. i mean it, it, i suppose he he sort of he needs man management at the moment i suppose when these little mistakes are sort sort of starting to creep into his game
2: yeah and, he and he needs he, that
1: man management from from brendan rogers
2: he needs that man management maybe he needs to see this psychologist that the club keep keep putting players into i don't know he just he just needs looking after a bit i think he is a good keeper i think he'll get better i think he also had big shoes to fill as well i mean you know with the with Reina being the his predecessor and although Reina wasn't doing as well last season the season before it's still a massive role to fill and as you say um you're always under the spotlight grubler was always under the yeah. spotlight you know um david james was was always under the spotlight so, uh, i don't know what at anfield but Players it, really do get noticed more, you know.
1: That's the thing. It's going to be even more difficult to decide. Like Liverpool is, you know, so closely scrutinised, and like what we see on Twitter every week, every player is hammered, oh, yeah. scrutinised under, you know, the the most intensive magnifying glasses. Yeah. So you know, it, it, it really is. It can't be underestimated the job that needs to be done with players like that.
2: Yeah, you've got to. You've got to just sort of. I don't know. I mean, as well, we're panic as well. I mean, we're we're talking now. We've we've dropped two points, and it does feel like the end of the world. Our Champions League hopes hanging by a thread, and really, we've we've got to stop being. Being like that, because a couple of weeks ago, if we'd have won, we'd have probably been saying we're back in in the hunt for the league and everything. And really, the season's just, you know, we're, we're only just over halfway through. There's loads more can happen yet. Um... And I think, you know, as fans, we've not got to quite get on our backs as much. And I do wonder with Villa, actually, whether that's why one of the reasons they're better away from home. Because their own fans at home are all on the back. Away from home, they've got this little group of hardcore fans like any club has with away fans that are totally behind the team, aren't they? Yeah. So, you know, I think we've got to watch it at Anfield that we don't start getting on the backs too much. And to be, to be fair, most of the time we are pretty supportive at home <laughs> these days.
1: I wonder if... Uh it's, we're only halfway through as part of David Moyers' team talk at the moment. Uh, we're going to get into that a little bit later on. It's uh, all in the game and we're back in a couple of minutes. No.
0: It's all in the game on City Talk 105.9.
1: Welcome back, it's all in the game with me, Dave Downey. Jim Boardman filling in for Neil Atkinson, who, uh, again, unreliably won't be here next week as well, Jim, as we mentioned earlier on. Rob Gutman makes his uh, long-awaited return to the show.
2: Yeah, he'd be dying for it. I mean, he'd be planning all week for this, and it's just before the derby as well, isn't it? Yeah,
1: well, I'll tell you what, I don't know what's going to happen if Liverpool don't win the derby. The the way Neil's uh, reacted to a two-all draw, I do to Aston Villa.
2: I know, I think we're going to have to get him a new voice completely. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be hard.
1: Some might say that's a good thing.
2: Oh. <laughs> I'd never say that, I love you Neil
1: I don't know what to do without him He'll be, be
2: on the phone in a minute He
1: will be, yeah, right um, We touched on it a little bit before the break um, And obviously I want to bring Evan into it at this stage as well um, The transfer window remains open And not much business has been done yet by, by anybody really I mean Chelsea have bought a player for ten times the amount they sold him for
2: Yeah, they've got him back again It's their new way of doing loans, isn't it? The loan players, yeah. out, they'd sell them and buy them back I, I
1: just don't, I don't really understand that one myself But... Um, Everton obviously done the business a little bit of business with Magi, we'll hopefully touch on that with Alan M. When we catch up with him later at the Hawthorns, uh, but Liverpool seem to be the one side that are crying out for uh, a bit of business in this transfer window and a commercial deal with a donut company doesn't seem <laughs> to come to this
2: stage. Well, that's how so you think the new signing at Anfield there's a big press conference <laughs> going to be held, and it's because it's for donuts. It's just not not what we not what we expected. But you need to sell the donuts to make the money to yeah. buy the players and. We need to buy players and I I was thinking we did so well last season in in the January window with Sturridge and Coutinho and if we're seriously wanting or seriously thinking we can get in the Champions League next season now's the time to get the players that we'll need next season because the squad is nowhere near big enough never mind the quality of it, it's not big enough to cope with Champions League football so either now or in summer we're going to have to buy a lot of players if we're in the Champions League next season and if we've got the money we should be going
1: for it now. You know? it's, it's a really strange one, I think, because for, for, Everton did the same last uh, January with Leroy Fair, um, didn't invest, with only a few yeah. points within fourth at this stage of the season, didn't invest in anybody, um, and you know, you're know, sitting there scratching your head thinking, hang on, this is the opportune moment now, this is where you really want to kick on, and I think uh, we'll talk a little bit about it a little bit further later on, but... In terms of a top four race, I think this is where you're looking at Tot- a team like Tottenham to yeah. come on strong, because they've got such a large squad already, um, and, and obviously they're coming into their own now, they seem to have found the best 11 that
2: works. Yeah, they've, they've yeah exactly, yeah. and they've, they've just started, they've got a little bit of a role, haven't they? Um, it's the, the problem is, like, for Liverpool and Everton, you're kind of looking at what's in front of you, you're looking at the teams above you, because that's what you're trying to aim for, really. You're aiming to try and get into the top three, never mind the top four yeah. or the top two. But what you, what's easiest to forget is who's behind you. Um, even, you know, even Mr Moyes could actually get some signings this window. Mm. And if he does, if this so-called £100 million war chest does really exist, then, you know, they they aren't as bad as we're all laughing at them as being, and there's always a chance they could kind of overtake us while we're all sort of fighting amongst ourselves yeah. kind of thing.
1: Moise reminds me of Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman. <laughs> you know, when she goes into the store, she's got all the credit cards to spend in the world and the shop assistant looks at her and thinks, no, you, you can't shop here. <laughs> That's exactly what I think David Moise is Definitely. like at the moment. No, um, <laughs> And producer Jake has promised me you will not play Pretty Woman. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in terms of, I, I did listen to the Anfield rap when you, when you touched upon the transfer window uh, earlier this month and there wasn't a there wasn't so much of a definitive answer as to what you needed, but in light of what's happened against Aston Villa, it is midfield, probably you feel you need strength in the most.
2: Midfield, midfield, perhaps, yeah, because I don't know, I think if we were using the midfield players we've got in a better way, maybe we wouldn't, we wouldn't yeah. need that. I mean, my, my biggest problem at the moment is fullback. and I know we've got Flanagan played well when he came in till he got injured. We've got Kelly waiting on the sidelines, but if he's if he's going to be used, this is the time he should be getting used. Why can't Glenn Johnson go to left back? Um, Sissoko, all right, he's a lone player. We shouldn't be too harsh on him, but he isn't good enough to be a Liverpool player. And the trouble is, we're not. We, we've got to, we've got to get out there and buy the plays for the rest of this season if we can, because you know we can't look at this as being oh, there's only a little bit of the season left. You know, there's there's nearly half a season left, and fullback to me definitely is, is just mm. a place where we need it I, I want Glenn Johnson to feel worried that he's not going to get his place in the team for definite you know I want um I want us to have choices to have options not just for injury and not just for cover I want genuine competition in in those places for definite
1: well that's what I I felt particularly um sorry for Flanagan when, when he's got injured because he looked like he's really gonna make a hard push to cement his, his... Just placing
2: yeah. the team. That's it. And and sadly, if we do go out and spend money on more full backs then maybe he won't get the same chance yeah. again. But then again, he, he, you know, you've just as horrible as it is to say it for Flanagan. We aren't a club that's here to sort of, we're not here for the good of the players as such. We're here for the good of the club. And you know, if 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 that's how it works out, that's how it works out. We've got to be, you know, we can't be too sentimental, is what I'm trying to say. And it's the same like Rodgers needs to be like that with Gerrard now, doesn't he? As we were saying earlier, mm. you can't be sentimental. You've got to pick the best team that you can. For the good of the club, yeah, Um and I'm sure it'd be the same with Everton.
1: Yeah, the, the, well, this is the the thing. I mean, the, the McGeady one was sort of strange for me because there was rumours we were going to take him on in the summer, but obviously we picked up the rest of his contract to yeah. Moscow, and we've got him for the rest of this season. I, I think it's it, it could be one of those that could be a really shrewd um buy because I've been saying to Neil for a while with Dale Fay injured you look to the bench and there's very little in terms of an impact player. You, you've got the Lexa like, Smith who'll come on. He'll be busy. He'll have energy. Not the quality to break down a final third. Yeah. Um, with McGeezy, by all accounts, from what I've seen of him as well, because I'm a bit of a guilty pleasure. Mine's the SBL. I used to watch a lot of it. <laughs> and um, It was a lot better when he was there, by the way. and uh, He was a decent player and there was the whole thing where Lionel Messi said he was a top-class player. So uh, He's come with a reputation, which hopefully he can follow up with. And then today, I just... The, the biggest bugbear I've had this week firstly we were linked with Cameron Jones um, which is a big no-no right. for me uh, but also now <laughs> we've got we've probably you've probably seen him on the way in he's that tall Lucina Triore from Angie, Liverpool have had a, a bit of history with um, yeah, 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 I think he scored against Liverpool the Europa League didn't yeah. he um, and apparently his, his deal's all but done sort of squitter peg in a round hole for me because We've let Jelovic go um for a great bit of business, the, the money we've got for him, fair enough. Yeah. But then he wasn't anywhere close to featuring him his start in Martinez's perfect starting eleven. I'm wondering how this fella sorta of fits into it because he's not he he's obviously renowned for his size, he's obviously renowned for scoring head of goals.
2: Yeah. It's um, like a it's like um a player David Moyes would have wanted to sign a couple of years ago. Absolutely.
1: You and know. whilst you've got Lukaku who is brilliant on the deck anyway. Um, and he does fit into the Martinez system, although he is a big lad. This fella seems to be even further away from that sort of, that bracket where you'd say, you know, he's a player who'd fit into a system. Uh, I, I think, as an alternative, I, I like the way Martinez is thinking if he is an alternative, as in, you know, you've got 20 minutes to go, you're drawing nil-nil, you need a different option from the bench. Yeah, I like that he's thinking that sort in that sort of pragmatic way. But, it seems weird to get rid of somebody like Yelovich. Maybe, I mean, it, it's also for courses, isn't it, with a player like Yelovich, I mean, I, I was I was pretty disappointed that he left in the end um, because I thought he still had a lot to offer. He'll probably go on and, and, and score loads for Hall as well, which will really rub it in. But um, I just think it's weird when you sort of get rid of one player, which almost seemed a tiny bit sentimental from Martinez, and it's probably a tiny criticism that, that I'd have of him I and mean, all the feroad that's going on around him at the moment, is that there seems to be a touch of sentiment with him in, in regards to players, he seems to be almost a little too nice, I mean, because he said that he was letting Yellowvich he didn't want to let Jelovic go, but he was doing it for the good of the player, and well, uh, relating to Liverpool with Gerrard, I suppose he sort of, it's its almost like, well I will, yeah, we'll let him go, we'll let him for the good of the player, he's a nice guy let him go and earn his World Cup spot Yeah, I think a little bit more of a cut and ruthless edge is needed probably from both of them.
2: Yeah, I mean you've got to you've got to balance it a little bit. You want you want players to think that when they come to your club that they're gonna be looked after as well. Yeah. But the bottom line is it's your club that matters, not the player. And as horrible as that might be for that player, it, it you know, it's not your problem if that player ends up not getting a World Cup place because you've not used him as much as he'd like. As long as they don't start kicking off, as long as they don't start causing trouble with the rest mm. of the squad. and um, I don't know what I don't know what Yelovich was like. I doubt it doesn't strike me as the kind of person that would have done you know, would've caused unrest in no, the camp no. if he'd not gotta move away. Um is, is Martinez picking the players? I mean, that's one of my worries at Anfield. Sometimes is that I don't. I wonder whether Rodgers is actually picking the players that we're buying, or whether he's kind of putting his order in for a lamppost and getting a settee and all that. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. you, know it, you, you do wonder. But I, I, I think if Martinez is. Well, Martin is just too nice, isn't he? Yeah. You can't, I You can't imagine him having a, having a go at anyone, really. Yeah, well, you can't imagine getting angry. I,
1: I actually feel bad saying that <laughs> I had the slight criticism of him, Jim. That's yeah, how nice he is. It. Um, but it, 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 just, it just seems a strange one for me, and... Uh, Maybe, I mean, like I say, maybe that is the thing behind it. If you need something different to come on in the last 20 minutes. I mean, it, it, obviously the first thing that was pointed at him when we drew our first three games nil nil earlier this season was that there was no plan B. Yeah, That was also labelled the Rodgers um, in, in his early days with Liverpool. And um, there are certain times in the season where I'd look and i think you know, we need to get the ball forward here a lot yeah. quicker. Crystal Palace away springs to mind where we drew 0 nil. We played a lot of fancy football in front of their ten men behind the ball. Yeah. It's all well and good doing that. You know, where where's where where are you gonna make the, the breakthrough. Um so obviously I mean he might he might well have this in mind. Um and, and you know, you looking towards Everton and the Hawthorns tonight, we are gonna try and get a word with Alan Ewing a little bit later on, I think. Um and uh, we're, we're, in fact actually we're going to go to a break now and then talk to Alan Owen at the Hawthorns we'll see you in a
2: minute Mmm
0: nuts! <laughs> Everything and anything football it's all in the game on City Talk 105.9
1: Welcome back to All In The Game. It's uh, 17 minutes to 7. Make sure you stay tuned uh, to hear the dulcet tones of this man who we've got on the line now, Alan Irwin.
0: You're so kind to me, Mr. ha
1: <laughs> Oh, well, you know, we've worked together so long now. We had to
0: love him with snots on Saturday when I turned up, so... I
1: know I heard that. There's always, there's always been a bit of a spark between you 2 hasn't <laughs> <it>? <laughs> Right, I want to talk Everton because we've had 40 minutes of Liverpool here with Jim Bob and Also. Really? Um, we, we need to talk some Everton.
0: I'm right? You got that much out of him after that 2-2 draw? <laughs> I'm good at moaning. You know. I tell you
1: what, I had 40 minutes. I didn't pull the daggers out like that.
0: <laughs> right? Have we got any team news yet? No, we haven't. Um, but I don't think there'll be too many surprises for Everton. I said earlier <laughs> with the the boys, uh, Langie and uh, Langi, and Soey. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, innit? Langie and Zoe That's how memorable they are. Yeah. Sangi and Lowy. <laughs> I said Jackson Distan would play if they're both fit. I think you know that's the first choice central defensive pairing. So there's no reason to believe that if Distan isn't fit um He starts the game, doesn't he? Sim- yeah. Simple as that. Really, uh, as good as John Stones has been over the course of his uh, short Everton career, uh, I don't think he's going to be preferred to, you know, the senior centre-back partnership.
1: Mm. It's a strange fixture this one, Al, isn't it? Because normally, I mean, we're not we're used to coming up against sides who've just t- taken up a new manager. Because <laughs> um, I think, yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> we are. Uh, like last season with Southampton, I think yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, On a Monday night. No, yeah. No. This one's weird because normally there's a there's a buzz. And there's a, uh, everything. Is that, is that mm. still the sort of feeling? Because obviously there's the sponsorship and an Nelka stuff yeah. going on down there. Is it still sort of, you know, that sort of buzz about a new manager there?
0: I think there is around um, the Hawthorns and the, and the home supporters. They're, they're looking forward to seeing the, the type of football that he can produce, but, you know, that's not going to be instantaneous, is it, in that sense? It's going to take Pepe Mel a while to, you know, stamp his sort of mark on, on the style mm. that he wants them to produce. So there's still an excitement. There's always an air of excitement around. Around um, any club when when a new manager takes the reins and I don't think they're any different here to be honest I, I don't think fans really care about sponsors do they no I don't think it, it becomes a, a talking point for them um, at the end of the day they'll pick up another sponsor there's no doubt about it whether they pick up the same you know return in terms of m- the monetary factor uh, remains to be seen but they will get another sponsor and you know that will simply die a death over the course of the next couple of weeks as far as fans are concerned that there'll be only interest will be you know what what happens out on the pitch I think.
1: Mm. We don't know a great deal about Pepe Mel, uh, but I was reading his, his comment uh, of the game and he said the shackles are gonna be off at West Brom, he's gonna mm. send them out to attack and that should play into Everton's hands shouldn't it on the counter?
0: He'd like to think so. Um something that Sharpie and I were talking about on the way down. You know, if they want to play an open expansive game of football, I think Everton can, can play it better than West Bromwich Albion because quite simply the players in Everton's starting eleven Man for man Are better than West Brom Mm. So if all goes You know To plan And everybody's on their game There's no question That Everton Should come out on top But football's not that simplistic Is it If it was You know We'd all be able to put A a, a good wedge On the the outcomes Of every single Football league game
1: That's the thing I was going to say to you I know you're not one For superstitions Because you
0: give us The kiss of death Every week No I'm not at all I don't (laughs) believe in any of that rubbish
1: But Nicholas and Elka I think if he scores tonight It'll be the sixth Different club
0: Yeah no player's Done that before Oh, yeah. Um, he's got a good record, hasn't he? Eight Premier League goals against Everton. He's only scored more against Blackburn Rovers, apparently. Um, 12 against them, so that, that's a great record. But he's done it with five different clubs, and mm. yeah, he, he can become the first player to he's score. He's not good anymore, okay. <laughs> Well, I mean, he's got to play tonight, hasn't he? Because they're so short of strikers. Uh, Sessignon's injured. I know he plays sort of behind the striker, and each of his seems to have been permanently injured since he arrived here. He hasn't played since the 7th of December. Shane Long's gone to Hull. Um, they've got... Vidra here. Do they start with him? Do they push Berahino further up front? Mm. So they've got a, the odd option in that sense, but Vidra's not proven himself since he's come to West Brom. Might have done the business in the Championship, but not here.
1: It all points towards a massive... It's a, I mean, it's a huge game for Everton this L. I don't think that can be underplayed, can it? Because it's a move into the top four. It, yeah. yeah,
0: I think that's what we're looking at really, given the results at the weekend. I mean, Tottenham got a good win at Swansea yesterday to, to move a, above us, but Everton, with victory can go into fourth place and I think we go marching on if that's the case because um, we're still the team that have lost the fewest number of games in the, in the Premier League this season. We are hard to beat but you've got to ensure that you can turn one point into three on more than a number of occasions for what remains of the season. Winning games is, is going to be vitally important. A draw is always seen as two points drops drop now, isn't
1: it? I had an interesting chat with Neil last week, Alan. We were talking about how who you know who fits into what mm. category well in terms of the race for the top 4 and i don't particularly fancy as front runners i'd None rather us bookies. come up uh, well i'd rather us come up on the rails to be honest with you um, and, and i was going to ask you jim as well would you rather have liverpool as the front runners for fourth or uh, who come up later
2: I think I think I'd oh, like us pressure. to. Be, I think I, I'd like us to kind of be like on the rails for the league title, which can <laughs> kind of will hopefully see us finishing the top four. But yeah, I think that, that, that's a position that does suit Everton probably. And you know, how do you respect that if they are, if they're behind us, they can kind of sneak 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 ahead of us. But I'd what worries me there. is 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 Tottenham and maybe even mm. Manchester United could be the, the teams doing. Come
1: that. on, what, what what do you think? You'd rather you'd rather Everton be the front runners for it.
0: I'd rather be up there because you've got mm. that momentum, haven't you? You know, winning they say breeds a, a lovely habit. Um, it makes you more difficult to beat mentally, I think, more than anything else. And if we've got the points in the bag, I think I'd rather be there than actually chasing and chasing, especially with the games that Everton have got to come at Goodison Park. Everton are going to play, have something to say in the, t- in the title race, never mind the, yeah. the top four finish with those final three home games of Arsenal, uh, City, and United. It, you know, it. it just stands
2: out, doesn't it? It stands out. Whoever goes into the derby on top goes into the derby knowing that a draw isn't going to quite feel like two-point strokes if he does end up in mm. a draw as well, which kind of eases the pressure a little, doesn't it?
1: Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. Al, do you, what, what do you think about Man United? Do you, think, do, you, do you still see them as a threat for fourth, even now, considering I mean, I mean, they looked, they
0: looked mm. down and out yesterday, didn't they? Simply because they're Manchester United, we should yeah. see them as a the threat in that sense, because it's been so long since a, a club of that, of that size and stature failed to qualify for Europe, so you, you, it, it's hard to picture um, a European competition Champions League without Manchester United in it so I would say that they're still capable of delivering, but my word, they've got some improvement to, get, to make, haven't they? Yeah, we, some way off at the moment.
1: We were talking, just before you go, we were just talking about um, the transfer window and Everton seem to be the only side that are making any strides so far, and uh, a weird one in, in this Lucina mm, Triore. Mm,
0: it doesn't seem to fit in the Martinez mould, does it? No. You, a six-foot eight-inch striker, but uh, you never know. I'm sure he knows a lot more about him than we do. He's probably been doing his homework for an awful long time, Dave, hasn't he? So, In that sense, um, it might be one of those old cliché that comes to the fore again. You yeah. know, he, he's good with his feet for a big man.
1: <laughs> Let's hope <laughs> so, mate. Let's hope so. Right, Al, we're, we're back with you in about ten minutes. Okay, aren't we?
0: we'll get the team news as soon as possible.
1: Great. That's Alan Irwin uh, at the Hawthorns. Thanks, Al. Um, in, interesting game tonight, Jim, in, in a lot of ways because, I mean, I Everton always seems to come up against these sides with new managers. Um, I've always
2: thought we did that as well. Yeah, it? it is a weird one. I mean, They're a difficult one to predict because you don't know how yeah. the team's going to react. And the kind of, the managers are kind of always allowed the first game, aren't they? Um, and so, you know, you, it, there's not always that same pressure to win the first match. But um, and there's been so much talk about other things today. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what kind of team West Brom put out as well You know, and what kind of attitude they have. But I think this is Everton's. Everton should be winning this match. I don't, mm. I don't think it's that difficult a game, to be honest with you. It sort it of totally reminds
1: me of the one we had against Swansea. Uh, I think... We it, it, Liverpool had already played, uh, and I think we went five pounds. Liverpool, I think it was just before the Christmas period, and we needed to win to stay in touch with Liverpool, and Swansea got back in it one-all with ten minutes left, and yep. uh, I, I, I was of the opinion this is a massive ten minutes in Everton season. I sort of get the impression with that tonight, this is massive, a massive game for Everton, equally as important as the derby, because as you say, if Everton are able to go into the derby, yeah. One point ahead of Liverpool, a draw is a decent
2: result. That's it, because, I mean, that that's... It, normally Liverpool and Everton, it's, it's, the last couple of years, it's been this rivalry over who's going to finish... Sixth or 7th yeah, yeah, and it doesn't matter. It, it's only kind of a local battle, that's all that matters. It's local honours, but there's more to it now. And I do think... I don't think it's a hard game for Everton tonight, but it, but the three points would be massive for mm. them. Uh, we touched
1: on Moyes there a little bit with Al, and I know it's funny, I know we have our laughs and our jokes, and it is great as well. I mean, I, I love it. Every day up, there's new photos on Twitter, yeah. Moyes running off somewhere with something else, and I think it's something that's brought us all together a little bit <laughs> tighter, it? hasn't Definitely, it? Definitely, yeah. um, But in all seriousness, do you do you think... I mean obviously their title ambitions are gone. I think Vidic even said himself yesterday. Yeah. 14 points you know it, it's insurmountable. But in terms of a top 4 race I mean I said last week I've said a lot on Twitter lately as well. Um I still see that. I still think United will come good at some point. I still think they're a threat. I think I'm you... not so sure now though Jim because you think so. Yesterday you normally see still that little bit of fight and I know they got that uh, the, the one goal back when they were 3-0 down but it, it just looked lost. There's a, The players there, I mean, Valencia, who's a, who's a real athlete of a player, looks just fatigued, he looks like he doesn't care. Um, you've got a lack of leadership, and you yeah. never, ever say that about Man United. I'd be more concerned if they were lose, still losing and, and had the same record of results. But you've seen someone like a Roy Keane in the side say screaming, yelling and, and, and things like that. Yeah. Obviously Rooney's the one who does that. No. And, and he <laughs> and he's missing. So I, I don't know about United and, and obviously, oh, we all hope that uh, it continues to decline, but um, No Do you still yeah. see them as a threat for the top four?
2: I don't know. I, th- I I I still think they are. I think they've got Van Persie to come back as well, although mm. as you say, y- you still wonder if there's a bit of it like discontent in the camp now and that they're going to all start blaming each other, they're all going to start looking for scapegoats and stuff um, but they've also got the Champions League as well and it would be interesting to see how they prioritise things once that kicks off again as well because I think Moyes will see that as his best his best chance of sort of redeeming himself, um, but they really need that top four and this is the thing now is are they going to go out and spend money in this next couple of weeks, mm. um, but yeah they are still a threat but they, they do look lost at the moment and I don't know how they're going to snap out of it, you, you know, but as you said, they always do in the past, you know, they've never been this bad, yeah. you know, in a long time, but they do tend to snap out of it in the end somehow.
1: But you look at, I mean, you got a Carlin Cup, the uh, Capital One Cup tie against Sunderland this week. Yeah. I mean, that is massive, that isn't is now? Yeah,
2: you're saying the Everton game's massive. That is that is massive for them. For, such, for what their fans love to call the Mickey Mouse Cup, yeah. that, that is no... Mickey Mouse game no. for them. They've got to win that. Um, but then, as others said as well, do they really want to face a game at Wembley against Manchester City as well? You know, that's not yeah. going to help morale if they go into that and lose. So, um, I think what they've got to do is come out of that with some pride, at least. Mm. I
1: mean, Jim, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on over from the phone today.
2: Thanks to Brendan for losing Neil's voice.
1: Yeah, Neil, uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks, actually. you will be back to dissect the Derby uh, the week after Rob Gutman is back next week. Uh, You've been listening to All In The Game on City Talk 105.9. Do check the City Talk website tomorrow morning for the podcast. And uh, up next, Alan Irwin and Graeme Sharp live from the Hawthorns.
0: Hi,
2: this is David Moyes.
0: It's All In The Game on City Talk 105.9.